Welcome to What's That About? The 2020 Christmas Special. It's been a bit of a doozy so far, but I think we can all agree 2020 is not so bad when you've got What's That About to listen to. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, have we made it worse? Save the day, really. Terrible year. <laughs> saved it in the last minute with a Save Christmas it, yeah, special. Saved it in the last minute. You're welcome. <laughs> Luke, what do you love most about Christmas? Without a word of a lie, I reckon my favourite thing about Christmas is saying the word bauble. Yeah, bauble is good. bauble. That is up there with crummies. That is up there with all my favourite words. Bauble. Lozenge. Lozenge. Jeez, I love saying bauble. Why is a bauble a... Why can't you say ball? Christmas ball. <laughs> Why can't you just say Bauble's a bit weird It's a weird word There's not enough Bonhomie about ball Bauble yeah. has a little bit of pizzazz A little bit of Wouldn't mind hanging that on the tree Yeah Well I You know I tried to bring bauble Into just general vernacular Pass me that Tennis bauble And <laughs> People weren't into it They thought I was a bit of a weirdo Is the term they use So I actually I actually did that in real life When I picked up one of my kids today And their foot Swung into my groin And I said Oh, you've kicked me in the baubles. That was yeah. the uh, the phrase. I was very, very happy with that. <laughs> Interestingly, Luke's baubles are actually very shiny and uh, gold as well. Little known fact. And a little bit of glitter with my name on the side. Very <laughs> yeah, good. And his pubic hair is made of tinsel as well, which uh, <laughs> just a little bit of tinsel. Grey because he's ageing. Or silver, you could call it. That's disturbing. Anyway, we should probably start the show. Hit yeah. the Hit the music. Don, another year, another What's That About Christmas special. Yeah, this is actually year number five of What's That About, Jeez. crazily. I think it's only the third Christmas special. So I think we've had that many chunks of time off that we say we've been around for five years, but if you if you chunked it together, probably only two years of podcast. I was going to say two weeks. <laughs> we've done two weeks worth of podcast <laughs> over five years. I just want to throw a quick Merry Christmas out to Denise Lang, who just before we started recording, liked our Facebook page. One of the greats. Early Christmas present for us. What a legend. Uh, this week, how was your week leading into Christmas gone? Uh, just much like all the other weeks, to be honest. The older I get, and this is a bit depressing, Christmas is so good as a kid. As an adult, you know, you can drink a bit more without guilt is basically... <laughs> How it goes. It's like every year Christmas is 2% less shiny, isn't it? Imagine, Imagine by the time like, you were 80 or 90, you just wouldn't yeah. care. Like you'd, just, you'd hate it. It just goes around full circle. <laughs> um, any uh, any grievances that you want to air before the year finishes up? Nah, no grievances. I do have uh, someone at work, uh, one of my colleagues. Whenever she, whenever she uses chewing gum, she changes her personality. She says it's her alter ego. And she just looked at me and goes, I think it's time to bring her out, Don. I'm like, bring, bring what out? What are you talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. She puts the chewing gum in her mouth and she's chewing. She's got <laughs> sass. She's just walking around. She's like 70% cooler than she was before. And I kind of feel the same way. When I've got chewing gum, I feel a little bit fly. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit fly. A little bit flyer than I was before. Yeah, the chewing gum attitude is, I don't care, man. I don't care. Yeah. I'm chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've stolen that idea from her, basically. And my alter ego, pretty damn cool. <laughs> I think there's actually a, like a classic Seinfeld joke about 
You can understand why teachers hate students chewing gum because every time someone's chewing a gum, the attitude is, whatever, teach, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a quick update on the uh, the story from last week with the uh, the filming episode where I was on camera and my uh, stomach was bursting through the buttons of my shirt. Yeah. Followed up by the oily head that needed some blotting paper. Yeah. I thought I was uh, I thought I was through that traumatic episode. During the week, I uh, see on the edits of the video a comment from the director with a red box around my armpits saying, can we do anything about this? And I zoomed in and there are some underarm sweat marks uh, in the armpits showing on camera. (laughs) What is going on with me, Dom? Now, can I ask, in the text that the editor wrote or the director wrote, was there exclamation points or any caps? Do they use caps at all? There was a, a very professional uh, sentence, no caps, no extra nah. punctuation. That's fine. It's, <laughs> it's fine. What a trifecta, though. What a hat trick of you're an absolute disgrace. Look, you've got some things to work on in the new year. This is the New Year's resolution episode, which we probably won't do. Uh, it would be chock-a-block full of personal improvements for you. <laughs> and the other, the other quick update is the Celebrity Vegetable Showdown has absolutely gone ballistic during the week. There were some showdowns on Facebook, oh, let's just say. Hundreds, if not thousands, of celebrity vegetable names were put forward. Do we need to listen to the theme song again, or do we have enough of that last week? Is that <laughs> um, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I don't want to hear it. Please, Luke. <laughs> okay. What were some of your favourites? I've, I've just jotted down a few of my favourites that came up on that, uh, that post. Well, I read a few. There was quite a few good ones. I can't remember any of them other than mine, which, you know, when you do something and... You think you're going to be like a hero. Like if you you post something and you're like, oh, mate, there's going to be some retweets on this, baby. And it's just ignored. I did Pauline Hampson instead of Hanson. He's like a famous, very, very, very conservative politician. And I think, I don't know, the, the one person who was liking every single comment that liked it, which doesn't count in my the, books. That point where you're about to post it and you, in your head you're going... Uh, let's take this to the next level, boys. And yeah. yeah, completely ignored is a is a humiliating <laughs> moment. I did it maybe a year ago. I've somehow... You know how Facebook... The usage of Facebook has changed over time. So, in the beginning, you'd almost message... It was almost like a private message, but you'd write it on their wall. Yes. If you look yeah, back yeah. at your very early Facebook, it's very different behavioral ways you do it. For some reason, a year ago or so, I was listening to some song. I'm like, that's some bloody good lyrics. And then I posted the lyrics... For some reason, as a Facebook update, just I posted like a couple of lines of the lyrics. And I'm like, but it's not 2001, Don. And I had to delete it quickly. I came to my senses, luckily, but uh, it was touch and go. That is very moody teenager listening to The Cure kind of yeah. behavior. But it, it wasn't even like moody lyrics or something like, you can call me Al or something. I don't know. It was, it was nothing deep. There's nothing deep about it. <laughs> Back to the uh, celebrity vegetable favorites, though. Mm. I've written a short list here of some of my favourites. The uh, Christian Kale. Good. Jack Lemongrass. Very good. Eric Banana. Very good. Personal favourite. Al Cappuccino. That is good. Very good. That is actually very good. Melon Gibson. Good. Very good. <laughs> Ivan Lentil. <laughs> <laughs> the mo- I like, That's, I like... Nothing but... That ticks the... 
vegetable box and the dated reference yes. box, which I like as well. It's my together. The, yeah. Venn, the Venn diagram of someone I haven't thought about in ages combined with making their name a vegetable. Yeah. Sweet spot, which is this last one is the pinnacle of that. Kieran Gherkins. Yeah, good. <laughs> He's a, a famous Australian swimmer. That's fantastic. Not bad. What a, what a game. Very, very One good. of my favourites. And this is not food related, but you said the other day, uh, you got in the car on a hot summer's day. It was really hot. And you said, man, I'm Susan Boiling here. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> that was great. That name had been parked away for about 15 years. Came yeah. out on the hot day. Beautiful. <laughs> I was as surprised reading that in your text as the crowd of Britain's Got Talent was when they first heard Susan Boyle sing. <laughs> um, big episode today, Don. Big episode. We've got... <laughs> You've been saying that every week. <laughs> big episode. It's really not that big. Uh, do you know something I don't know? Slightly larger than average. is a couple of things, so... We've got our standard stocking fillers where we each bring a few mini topics to the table. That's exciting. You can't tell me that's not exciting. That's big. That's big. (laughs) But most importantly, and very seriously, we've got our annual performance review with our our listener, which is, you know, you've got to reflect at the end of the year. What's gone well? What do you need to improve for next year? Very important part of running a successful podcast. And so I guess, you know, like a band-aid, we've got to rip this off. Let's, Let's give our listener a call and get the performance review out of the way. So the beauty of this is, is the listener we're referring to is our mum. And I don't think she's listened to the podcast in about four years. So we're going to go in with the assumption that she has been listening intently and taking notes and I'm gonna see if she will admit to it or not. And she doesn't know we're calling. So this is going to be a, a natural squirming reaction where mum tries to cover for the fact that she hasn't been listening and she she'll be too nice to say that to us. Yeah, it's either going to be really good or just quite boring catch up with mum. So, let's just see what happens. Okay. Hello. Hey, mum. Hey, babe. How you popping? Good. Uh, I'm just here with Luke. Good. Uh, and we're doing mm-hmm. a 2020 What's That About podcast review. Yes. Okay. A little bit like a, a, little like a performance review. Like what's gone well, what could we do better, that, that kind of a review. Okay. So, how do you think we could improve the? How could we improve the podcast based on this year's episodes, Mum? Well, I've only listened to a couple of them. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you even stretching the truth by saying a couple? Well, do you do you want me to say more? No. How many have you actually listened to? Uh, well, probably two. Which ones? What was the last one that you most enjoyed? Tell, well, tell me some of the names. You tell me some of the names. Let's get back to first what, principles. My memory's what's, the, what's the name what, of the show? What, what's that about? <laughs> tell, tell me a couple of titles. What was the last one? Oh, Weird Things. See, that's what I'm having trouble with. <laughs> no, no, I haven't listened to that one. What was the one before that? Um, I'm pretty sure I listened was... to the one before that. <laughs> was it Uncontacted Tribe? No, I haven't listened to that one either. <laughs> I don't think it was the last one, though. The, the Amish? No. <laughs> no, I haven't listened to that one. What about just the last time we gave you a, just a catch-up phone call? Did you listen to that one? <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean a catch-up phone call? You never give me a catch-up phone call. <laughs> Who do you think 
based on the little glimpses you've got, who do you think had the better year, Luke or Don? Yep, same. <laughs> Which one's better looking, do you think? Oh, about the same. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't ask me to choose between my children. We can ask. It's just not. Yeah. You can't, it's just not doable. <laughs> Next time, just ask me to give feedback straight after. Like when you put it out, tell me it's on, tell me what it's called. I'll listen to it and then ask me for feedback. But I'm getting old, so I can't remember back to the beginning of the year for a start. Can't even remember what happened last week for that matter. The beauty is <laughs> we've released episode through COVID. You've literally never had less to do, Mum. And you still haven't listened to it. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've had heaps to do in COVID. Don't you worry about that. Ready, <laughs> man. Thanks, man. Okay. okay. See you later. See you, mate. Well, Don, the truth comes out. Yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, mildly amusing. And I reckon next year we're going to get it back. <laughs> I reckon she's going to start listening next year. 2021, it's the year of mum. <laughs> Or we embrace it and the bumper stickers change from I tolerate, what's that about, to what's that about, not even mum listens to it. Could yeah. be the, uh, the <laughs> We just make two go. of those stickers, put them in our respective cars. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got a, uh, the page like from Denise Lang uh, just before we started recording. Yeah. You know that's, you know, the SETI project where they put radio waves into the universe and try and get a signal back? Was this your wow moment? This is like exactly that. <laughs> We've been putting radio waves out for five years and Denise Lang has just sent a signal back. Yeah, that's a massive wow moment. There is someone out there, not mum, but someone is out there. Yeah, that's that's an important discovery, to be honest. <laughs> for the, what's that about universe? Yeah. All right, Don, so what stocking fillers have you brought to the, uh, the table tonight? So following up on our point brought up last episode, I've got acupuncture. Ooh. Is my first topic And I've also got night terrors Which is something I had as a kid um, For ages I was having night terrors And I thought it would be interesting Yeah look I'm not going to say it's not interesting Make your own judgement I don't want to scare you away from the episode but <laughs> So I've brought um, I've brought along The five second rule The idea that if you drop a bit of food You can eat it within five seconds And you won't get Haven't sick Haven't we done that already? Or nah, nah, no way mate No okay. way the second, if we have, just edit that in and just, just use, that, use that again. Yeah, cut the whole episode in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is, it's that idea that when you travel, drive somewhere in your car, the trip home feels faster than the trip there. Let's start with that because I would say the opposite is true for me. And that's weird you say that because like it is a, it's a universal thing that people feel the drive home is faster. And you, you have the I- opposite. I have the opposite because when I'm going somewhere, it's exciting. You're going there, you're driving to a new place for usually a holiday or like to visit someone. It's exciting. So it's you know, it's good. Going back home, you know what's there. It's nothing exciting. Just a couple of empty rooms and some sadness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, you know, I just feel like the excitement's gone and you're going home. It's just, you know, it's just a hassle getting back. You'd rather just click your fingers and get there. Whereas the journey to the trip, much more fun. It's it's very interesting the way you frame that. So like that the the whole idea is it's called the return trip effect, and like one of the reasons they think it exists, or the long standing reason which has now been debunked, but I'll get to that in a minute, is that when you're excited about something, you're taking on more new stimuli, and it feels 
time passes more slowly. It's like if you're waiting for a pot to boil or you're a little kid waiting for Christmas. The more eager you are for something to happen or to get there, the old, are we there yet? Are we there yet? That Traditionally, that feels like time is passing more slowly. Whereas it sounds like for you, it's the opposite. If you really want something to happen, it happens quickly. Yeah, I don't know why that is. <laughs> I guess I enjoy... I've always liked a road trip and the start of the trip for me is is when you get in the car and go. So maybe that's like, yeah, it's a fun started. Um, driving to get to the fun. Whereas you're right, on Christmas Eve as a kid, Christmas Eve would literally last seven weeks. Yeah, exactly right. And that's... And th- that is almost... And Christmas Day would last seven minutes. Yeah, exactly right. And that... So like they've tried to like experimentally recreate the return trip effect by getting people to watch like 20 minute videos of someone traveling to a destination and then traveling back. And when someone took two one-way trips, so they went one way and they came back a different way, they 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 felt that the return trip wasn't that different to the trip there. But if someone takes a, a round trip, the second leg is the same as the first leg, they felt it was a lot faster. So they've kind of been able to experimentally recreate this effect in the lab, which is... Is interesting. Hmm. Not interesting for you. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Not all gifts at Christmas are good. This stocking filler, you know, it's, it's there's going to be some better ones, hopefully. Some of them are just functional gifts, like as a pair of socks or some undies. That's an undie right there. That's, a- <laughs> That's an undie. I'm going to have a transformer. <laughs> Here's what you'll be getting from me. Anyway, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. For a long time, it was around, oh, if you're familiar with, with something, time passes more quickly. If you're not familiar, time passes more slowly. That was the way that explained it. But then later on, that moved to this more idea that because you're enthusiastic about getting somewhere, time passes more slowly. And on the way back, you've lost that enthusiasm. So it happens more quickly. That's basically what's going on with the return trip effect. And you could not look more interested. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm just confused why I'm the opposite. I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I feel like something's wrong with me and I may go to the GP tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a great uh, reason for referral. The return trip effect does not apply to me. (laughs) All right. I'm going to crack in with one of mine. Yeah. Let's just go straight into... I'm going to go with acupuncture. Bring it on, big boy. Because, you know, you woke up this morning and sent me a flurry of texts. Wow. Um, Just a... Very pro acupuncture. Hang on a minute. Hang on. There were two texts and my starting position was there's a bit of evidence for acupuncture and it's on Medicare in Australia, which means it's got to have some evidence. Otherwise, you don't get on Medicare. That was my starting position. I just ignored it. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just crack into acupuncture. So acupuncture, we all know what acupuncture is, but if you don't, it's a practice of penetrating the skin with thin... So- oh, sounds like you're wedding that. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's too far. Okay. It's the practice of penetrating the skin with thin, solid metallic needles, which are then activated through gentle and specific movements of the practitioner's hands or with electrical stimulation. Now, apparently there's about 2,000 acupuncture points, which are in the theory is it's connected by pathways, which they call meridians. And these pathways create an energy flow called chi throughout the body, which is responsible for overall health and disruption of that energy or the energy flow can cause disease, apparently. Now, I'm a pretty skeptical kind of guy. How many crystals have you got in your house, Leaf One? How many do I personally have? 
No, no. Oh, the house. Oh, the house. As a household. I think we've only got... We've only got a... Like one of those rock salt lamp things. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I would have accepted just rock salt as well, by the way. Um, anyway, so I'm pretty sceptical. All that kind of stuff to me, I don't want to, you know, get down on anyone who's into this kind of stuff, but to me it doesn't sound like it's something that is true at all. Interestingly, so you're right, they're on Medicare, which is the Australian sort of health benefits scheme. Having a good read of the evidence for this, it's really patchy. It's really patchy. Some will show mildly positive effects, some will show no effect at all. I think the general vibe is it's essentially the placebo effect. And interest and interesting as well, it's really hard to do research for acupuncture because the people practicing it, you know, the ideal gold standard of research is a randomized controlled double blind study. Mm. And it's really hard to do that because people that perform acupuncture, you know, it's hard to blind them essentially. So that bias is potentially going to, be a big factor they can't account for. Yeah, yep, yep. But it is it is fair to say that the there has been a demonstrated treatment effect in a fair few trials. The mechanisms through which that effect is happening is questionable. Could be placebo. Could be life force could be placebo. energy. Um, could be a bit of chi. Chi. And it's only for for a, a fairly narrow or short list of conditions. So that's. And so it's not super strong evidence, but there's a little bit, but how it works, we're not really sure. That's kind of acupuncture, isn't it? Yeah, and actually one of the things that did come up um, was that there was a 1998 review of studies on acupuncture and it found that studies originating in China, Japan, Hong Kong and Taiwan, that the results were very, very favourable for those countries. Whereas the ones in more Western countries, the results were significantly less favourable. Mm, that's very interesting. And also yeah. good finger on the pulse there with a the 1998 reference. Very yeah. good. Right. Look, that was the year after I've been in school. It's not that long ago. So, I reckon that's... If I, a researcher in denial is like, ah, I'm not old. So, I finished school then. It's pretty pretty recent, really. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think we've, we've reached a common ground on acupuncture. Yeah. I think, we're both, I think we're, both, we're both a bit right. Essentially, I think they've said the ones that did show a mild benefit, they said, honestly, it, there's no difference in like a practical sense. It may demonstrate a mild... Like a statistical effect, over, not a practical effect. That's right. And certainly at $100 a session, they reckon, you know, it's not value for money. Yeah. I think there's always that little thing. If you're, if you're lying there and someone's sticking 100 needles into you, there is a slight incentive to walk out feeling that, that you want to know that was worth it. <laughs> you, want to, you want to improve yeah. somehow for that experience. But placebo is, as we've discussed in our placebo effect episode... Oh, good episode. It's a thing. So, I guess if you're happy to, eh, go for it. <laughs> Bloody good episode. Yeah. Alrighty, next stocking filler on the table. The five second rule. Mm. I think I've heard you, as a kid, refer to the five second rule. You've claimed the five second I rule. I think we all have, yeah. haven't we? I think so. Five second rule. I don't think I ever believed it. I think it was always a joke. Um, yeah, it's almost like just a thing you said... Almost as a bit of, a bit of comedy to justify picking something up off the floor and eating it. Yeah, like if it landed in a pile of dog poo, the five second rule has gone out the window. Yeah, I'm exactly. not gonna go that ah, five second rule. I'm back in this theory. Yeah. So the idea being, you know, the bacteria hasn't had time to jump on it, 
if it's been on the floor for five seconds or less. Is the logic <laughs> yeah. of this rule? Because <laughs> they're very lazy bacteria. The, I like to imagine the bacteria are just sitting around reading the paper or on their phones and they don't notice the food has landed until it's too late and you've picked it up and they're like, oh, damn it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think they're just getting ready and they're like, give us a leg up, give us a leg up. And try, <laughs> like when you're a kid trying to jump over the fence. When was the last time you did a leg up? How many... F- why are kids jumping fences so much? I did a heat as a kid. I haven't done that in like 35 years. No, I wouldn't make it over the fence these days. I would need yeah, a leg up. even with a leg sure. up. I reckon if we, at this Christmas when we get together, try give me a leg up over the fence. It's on. I reckon we're both too weak to, uh, to lift ourselves over, like to be any assistance at all. It would be injuries all around. It's like a leg up, yeah. It's like doing dinks on your bike. When was the last time you did dinks? Oh. I would I would break the handlebars these days. I think it has been thirty five years. I think I got a, a a bloody leg up over the fence to get onto a bike for a dink. I think that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely ride a bike, let alone having a full grown human on the handlebars or like Yeah. I don't know. Let's do dinks as well. All right. Okay, we got a, we're gonna report to-do back list. dinks and leg up. Let's just see what happens. You should get some pegs on the uh on the back the back spokes so you can carry me around on the behind. Yeah, and I put like a bit of paper in between the spokes when the wheel goes around. It sounds, you know, we used to think like it sounded motorbike. like a motorbike. Yeah, none that I've heard um, <laughs> recently. It just sounds like a bit of paper between spokes. <laughs> um, so back to the five second rule. So some people mm. have a two second rule. Some people have a 10 second rule. Some people even have a 20 second rule, which by 20 Gosh. seconds, you may as well just be eating out of the garbage. You That's may so- <laughs> just lick the ground at that point. 20 second rule <laughs> there's a bit of a bit of history to the five second rule where apparently genghis khan one of my favorite historical figures he had a rule called the khan rule where if he was at a banquet and a bit of food fell on the floor it was allowed to stay there for as long as genghis said it could and so <laughs> it was the khan rule that's the biggest power play in the world what a power move it's inc- <laughs> just genghis nodding away about whether something can be eaten off the floor or not yeah so it's something that he would eat or like that anyone else was allowed to eat? That was, anyone was allowed to eat. That he gave, oh, that's he the gave biggest permission <laughs> yeah, to eat. Gosh, um, what a piece of work. And so that was obviously back in the days before we un- they understood germ theory and how bacteria works. And that idea that, it, that the logic was if there's no visible dirt on the item, you can't get sick from it. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is kind of how I approach drop food these days. Yeah, like if there's no visible dirt on it, I think oh, that's that's good to eat. So I kind of had the, I have the same hygiene standards as Genghis Khan, which is <laughs> which is excellent. And so the first modern mention of the five second rule was in a novel in 1995, just a random obscure novel referenced the 20 second rule, mm. and then it just kind of caught on fire from then, and it started getting referenced in a lot of movies, and it you know, became a very well known thing. So, here's a quiz for you. So, scientists have obviously tried to investigate, is the five-second rule a thing? Like, do you have about five seconds before there's too much bacteria on it? What's, mm. your, what's your gut sense? Uh, my gut sense is that you don't have five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what they found. Mm. <laughs> classic, classic scientist. They got four types of food, watermelon... Bread, bread and butter, and mm. gummy bears. Interesting. And then they dropped them onto four different surfaces. Stainless steel, 
tiles, wood, and carpet. Mm-hmm. They drop them for varying intervals of one second, five seconds, 30 seconds, and five minutes. Yep. And they did it 20 times per food item per surface. And it took them six months. You it took them six months? Six months. I could do that in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They were not working hard. <laughs> that lazier than the bacteria. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Anyway, and they, they effectively concluded that you know the longer contact there was between the food item and the surface, the more bacteria it was, you know, accumulating. Hmm. But it was it was more about the type of food and the type of surface. Surface. So if you dropped watermelon on uh, a surface watermelon was catching a lot of bacteria inst- instantly, whereas the gummy bears they weren't catching any bacteria for a long time. Yeah, it's just a pause for a moment. In the last twenty seconds, you have both <laughs> yawned and checked your phone. <laughs> yeah, I was just calculating five seconds on my phone, so if it's ready to go in case I drop a bit of food. Yeah, so I'll I'll cut to the chase even quicker. <laughs> yep. The more porous the surface is, like carpet, you can stay there for ages before bacteria jumps on. The smoother it is, like stainless steel, bacteria jumps on very quickly. I really, I thought it'd be opposite, but... Uh. Yeah. So, the the worst drop is a bit of watermelon on stainless steel. The best yeah. drop is a gummy bear onto carpet. You drop gummy bear onto carpet, you can leave that for years. That's oh, uh, great. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, and the, the scientists concluded it's pretty low risk eating food off the floor, but it's also low reward, so it's probably best not to do it, which is... <laughs> low reward. <laughs> Depends on the food item. <laughs> So, anyway, that's the five-second rule. We're, we've got one more topic. We're nearly through this. We're nearly through yeah, Christmas. Yeah, and this is going to be so quick. It's not funny. So, I'm going to do night terrors. Yep. I was interested in this, as I said, because I used to get night terrors. When I was five, I broke my arm. And for some reason, my mum's theory is I saw a motorbike accident come in when I was in ED waiting. And the guy had... I still remember. I thought it was a bicycle accident. But I remember the guy had blood all over him and he walked in. And I remember at the time thinking... That's eh, cool. I basically had some chewing gum in. I was just going, whatever, man. I don't care. And but mum said I was quite distressed by it. Um, and then I'd, for the next year or so, I'll just wake up screaming. Apparently, I remember that. Yeah. And I all I remember is waking up. Like I remember one particular moment. I woke up on my dad in the lounge room while he was watching telly. Um, <laughs> that's it. But it used to happen all the time. So night terrors. It's. So simple and not interesting at all. Uh, let's just crack it out and be done with it. A night terror is when children suddenly get very agitated while in a state of deep sleep. That's it. So they'll wake up, they're in a panic, their hearts are racing, they might be breathing fast and sweating. Uh, children may look awake and their eyes may be open. Um, they could also be crying, but they're not really. They're still asleep, essentially. So. And what's um, the difference between a nightmare and a night terror? Nightmares are actual dreams, but night terrors aren't dreams. So, a nightmare is in REM sleep, hmm. rapid eye movement, um, and <laughs> and a night terror happens when you're... Usually, it happens about three or four hours into your sleep. It's not REM sleep. It's a different phase. It's a lighter phase. Um, and so, it's and more you like usually grow actual... out of it by the point you're about 12 years old at the max. Right. Yeah. So it's more like you're... you're you're distressed in real life more than an actual dream. Yeah. But apparently it's frightening. I haven't had my kids do it. I haven't really seen one ever. But I, 
Um, I, I was at a, I could have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was at a hostel when I was traveling and I was on the top bunk of a dorm and the guy on the top bunk next to me, probably about two or three meters away, he had a night terror at three in the morning, a grown man. It is one of the most frightening things I've ever experienced. Yeah. He was absolutely like bone chilling, screaming at the top of his lungs for about 10 minutes. It was so full on. I have a very distinct memory. When I was traveling through Mexico, we were, we decided to hire some hammocks and sleep on the beach. And the guy next to me was like a Mexican dude who we're pretty sure took a drug called peyote, which I think comes from a cactus. Mm. And he, he was next to me and he was flipping out for about, for hours and hours and I've never been so frightened in my yeah. life as an adult. He was just like losing it. Yeah. Screaming. Like just got up and walked around. And I basically had to pretend to be we all were pretending to be asleep for the whole night. Didn't sleep a wink. Yeah. I, I and and then my friend Eden woke up. He slept through the whole thing. <laughs> Guys, that was great. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> he just slept through. I couldn't believe it. I, I did the exact same pretend to sleep thing. I think I even pulled the doona up over my head like a like a small child. Did you know in those situations? Because that was that's like a primal reaction. My head was saying he's having a night terror. My body was absolutely wigging out. Like my body just, yeah. just went full alarm. Like it was a full on. Um, all right, night terrors. Well played. And that's it. Yeah. So that's our four stocking feelers. Not a good Christmas this year. I'm going to apologize straight up. Often me and Luke will have a little debrief after the episode. And we've been pretty happy with the last few. This one's feeling flat. This is like four little lumps of coal in the uh, stocking on Christmas morning. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. We <laughs> are sorry. <laughs> the fact is, if you guys were better behaved during the year, you would have got a better present. You're going to get yourselves a plan. Uh, yeah, maybe next year you'll be you'll be better and get something good. And so that really does us for the year. I hope you have an excellent Christmas and New Year. And we will uh, catch you back in 2021 unless we decide to take a five-month hiatus again. Could happen. You never know. <laughs> Maybe someone out there wish for it. That's their Christmas <laughs> wish. All right. See you guys. Catch right, gotcha. you.